thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Did I nail it? Every single lie that tells me I Excuse me. Hello, people. Good evening, people. Tonight we're going to talk about anxiety, and we're going to tell you what happened this morning. So, uh, just give it a couple of minutes, let people come in, let the platforms roll out the, the show, and, you know, kind of get into a, a worshipful mood as we listen to this song by Lauren Daigle, called You Say People. Yeah, you do. So it's nice to see you. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jennifer. Love you, my friend. You believe? Hmm? Oh, my hair is fluffy, isn't it? <laughs> and that's so true, right? The only thing that matters is what the Lord thinks of you. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. But what's even better is finding Jesus's identity. <clears throat> Oh. I believe 
I believe that both Twitch and Facebook are not cooperating this evening. <laughs> Is that a surprise anybody? <laughs> uh, Worked last night. Nothing's changed since then. Nope. Not in this end, anyway. Alrighty. Yeah. Twitch won't connect. And, ah, that's um, right. You know what? Nothing phases me anymore. Yeah, and on the Facebook it's... <laughs> side, it's just error creating live videos. So. Mm -hmm. There All you right. go, people. <clears throat> so I'm going yeah, to switch so, that um, off to save bandwidth. So Rob is saying Twitch is terrible today. He has an account over there. Okay. I think you play games, right, Rob? Don't you? <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, okay. Yep, that's all right. Well, hey, you guys are on Periscope. Um, we just got back from church. I'm in my Awana shirt. See, Awana clubs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're kind of casual. But, hey, you know, it is Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Well, you know, it's uh, kind of right after 8 o'clock, actually. And we're happy that you're here joining us tonight for some time. We're going to be here about an hour or so, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how long-winded Bareface is. By the way, I have to say that, um, <clears throat> do you, thank, thank do, you, you do you have to really? Do I have to what? Say, you said I have to say. <laughs> do you have to, you just want to say? Do you have to say, you say? What you said. <laughs> He didn't even catch that I just made a joke about the song we just Yeah, heard. I did, but it's not really a joke about the song. It's not really. <clears throat> an allusion to the song, but... It kind of is. I don't know. All right. My hair is too too big, people. It's too fluffy. It won't fit in the frame. <laughs> you, you, you need your own frame. I need to get my hair cut is what I need because it's like... <laughs> Here in Tennessee, it's so hot and humid. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this morning Randall and I we went to a we went down to Franklin to this uh, truck stop ministry thingy that we started doing last last month. And um, so if you if you don't know what it is, we didn't either. I mean, how many of you guys know that some truck driver somewhere is on the road right now delivering stuff that you need, but you didn't even know you needed it, but somebody's doing it, right? So, uh, so it's like. They're out there, and what are you doing? Making you really big. Okay. Well, Six anyway, breaking. so, yeah, so, anyway, so they're out there on the road, and they're driving along, and they're big rigs, rig, big rigs, <laughs> bricks, anyway, and, um, <clears throat> and anyway, and so, in Franklin, in Franklin, Tennessee, there happens to be a truck stop where all the truckers come in and they can take a shower, they can take a nap, uh, they can freshen up, they can get food, they can spend the night, they have a TV that they can watch. I mean, it's just, it's really kind of cool, actually. Um, and so they come in and, uh, and so what we do on Sunday is we get an opportunity to go down there and do, and, and hold a chapel. And so Randall is the chaplain. Me, I am the helper. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the official title they gave me. Or, or was it assistant? 
assistant. Assistant. I am the assistant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so long story short, um, we get down there today and only one person shows up, which, you know, I'm not surprised by. I mean, these people don't know us from anybody and we don't know them either, just so you know. It's who the Lord wanted there today. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, yeah, so... For mutual spiritual encouragement. Yeah, and so we had this really nice conversation with a guy named Ray, who was originally from... Uh, El Salvador. El Salvador. And this guy was... Which, of course, means the savior. Yeah. This guy, though, was about my height, first of all. Mm-hmm. He was short. And I don't know, should we show the picture or no? Eh, not important. Probably not, just because, yeah. Anyway, but anyway... We don't have a... Release. Model release, yeah. But anyway, so, um, but it was really good. It was a really good, it was a really good time, and it kind of made me think about, um, you know, how this week I shared, um, you know, I opened, I, I wrote a very vulnerable um, post on my Facebook page. Some of you saw it, maybe not all of you. Um, you know, just talking about how God has brought me through this ten-year journey, and it has been ten years actually. Um, of being really burnt and hurt in the church, uh, you know, being gossiped about, slandered about, talked about behind my back, um, you know, and different things like that. And it's like when, when you are hurt that way, where people are claiming that they love you, um, and then you uh, end up basically leaving the church because you're, you're like, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm done, <laughs> You know, I know that there are no perfect churches. I've heard it all, you know, but I wrote this post this week and it really touched a lot of people. Um, and it was interesting because even through my own journey, I can see how God has worked, uh, through my own journey of, of coming, you know, to maturity in certain ways and deciding okay, this is, this is what I will put up with from people. This is what I won't put up with from people. And I'm no longer in the people pleasing business. Um, but I had to work through that. You know, I had to work through, you know, like, what is my role? What, what do I have to give? Right. I mean, what am I required to give, you know, to people? Um, especially when they don't repent or ask for forgiveness for what they've done. I mean, what am I required to give, right? So, so it was interesting, you know, as God has been moving Randall and I in various ministry uh, places to have this guy come to uh, the thing this morning because I was kind of grumbling because it was a little bit early and I was like, I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> I was calling Randall. I was like, he isn't answering the phone. I'm like, where is this place? I don't even know where it is. And. I was trying not to get upset, but uh, anyway, long story short, I'm having this this intense prayerful conversation with the Lord on the way there, and then finally, when I get there, you know, and I'm like, Lord, nobody's even going to show up, probably. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting out of bed for nothing, and anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I show up, and then this guy comes bouncing in, hi, and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> And if I didn't know any better, I would say this guy was an angel placed there by God. I mean, seriously, because Randall and I, um, 
you know, we're just like, whatever. We're just, you know, God has picked this up numerous places and said, okay, you go do this. You do that. Like he called me into Awana almost three years ago, or it was three years ago. And I'm like, really, Lord, you want me to be in Awana? Why do you want me in Awana of all places? I don't have children. Uh, anyway. I don't want to be, I don't want Awana. I don't want Awana. <laughs> I love kids though, but, um, but anyway, um, but anyway, I see his purposes worked out, and even in Awana, and it, it, it had nothing to do with the kids, actually, why he put me there. Um, do tell Well, no, I'm not going to tell that story tonight. Okay. But here's the thing. So back to today, today's place. So then Randall shares from God's Word, which he'll share in a little bit, and then having to do with anxiety, which I know some of you are in here for. Um, but this guy, one of the most amazing things that this guy said today just it cracked me up he said he he did the only thing that he ever feared in life was and i'm gonna f just leave the pause there for a second and i want you to think just for, for a, a second. dramatic effect well no i want you to think what is the one thing in life that most people fear like like the dramatic thing right most people like fear public speaking right I mean, you don't fear public speaking. I, I don't. I, I get nervous when I public the, speak. The more but I'm public, the less nervous I am. I'm really good at it, though. If it's a crowd of hundreds, no problem. If it's if it's two or three people, I get nervous. Yeah, see, I'm going to be speaking this week. I'm going to be um, at a networking group, and I'm going to be doing a whole presentation this week. And, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm, I, I told everybody last week that I was nervous about it, and they're like, eh, you'll be fine. I'm like, I know I will. <laughs> I'm a teacher at heart, so, you know, you got to get over that. But but that's one thing people fear. Angie's saying it right. Death in the unknown uh, is is another thing that people fear. Why? That's why, because, okay. Yeah. Anyway, and and so that's, that's another thing. Public speaking, death, um, how people... You know, some some it's the process of death. Sometimes it's it's like getting sick, maybe getting cancer. People fear that type of thing. Well, <clears throat> it's interesting what this guy said today. He said, you know, what I what I used to fear is love and loving people. And he said, because when you love people, that means you got to care. And here's the thing, when you care about people, what happens is then you can be hurt. Now, now what this guy didn't know, and of course, only God knows this stuff, is exactly vulnerability, is, you know, I love Brene Brown. And I don't know any of you out there, if you've never read any of Brene You care Brown, about her. If you've never read any of Brene Brown's stuff, um, that was a not a good joke at the right time. <laughs> But here's the thing. If you've never read her books, you don't even have to read her books. Go to YouTube, look up her name, and then listen to all the stuff that she says. And one of the things that she talks about is that in her researcher, in her research rather, the, the stuff that people fear the most is joy. One of the high things is that they fear joy. They fear holding on to that emotion and having joy. Well, you know, for me, one of the things that people tell me all the time is I'm one of the most joyful people that they know, which says a lot because I don't always feel very joyful. But I, I, for the most part, am a pretty joyful person, right? But it's because I've worked through all this other stuff. Well, anyway, so Brene Brown talks about how the reason people fear joy 
is because they're constantly rehearsing tragedy so that they can prepare for it. And she gives this example of how um, a person, uh, a parent, she, she says in one of her, her things, she says, as a parent, have you ever, like when you were first a parent, did you ever like stand over your baby's bed, you know, and just sit, the, you know, go, man, I love you with more than I can even express, right? All of you who are parents have had that experience. I've never had that experience because I'm not a parent, but... But, you know, the, the the parental bond of a baby and now you would do anything for that baby, right? And then the next thing you know, as you're enveloped in the love for your child, you know, what happens is that the fear of losing that child just comes in and smacks it down. And she said that's what most people, you know, how they live, right? They live because they're afraid that what they love so much is going to be taken away. Well... I thought that was very cool because um, because then she talked about how when she went and she did the research and she found the people who were the most joyful people had a couple of things in common. One thing that they have in common is that they're very thankful people. Uh, there are people who practice gratitude. And she didn't say that there are people that wrote things down and, and did all that, but she said that it's an actual act of practicing gratitude, which is what Randall's going to talk about a little bit tonight. Um, because Jesus, you know, everything that she found actually is biblical. The, what she actually found in her research is what the Bible tells us to do, right? So she said they practice gratitude and they practice living in the moment because she said that you can never, even though we're all dress rehearsing for tragedy, she said you are never, ever, 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 ever going to be prepared for the tragedy that comes your way. And it's true. And so anyway, this guy today, you know, this truck driver, you know, he comes in, hey, when uh, Kim, Kim Wendy. Uh, so when this guy comes in today and he says, he said, you know, he, he always feared love because that meant that he, he had to, that he would, he would end up caring. And then he said, when Jesus came into his life, he realized that he didn't have to fear that anymore and that he could, um, go ahead and lose things and always know that if something was lost, that if a door was shut, that God would always, you know, open up a better door for him and give him something bigger. And he talked about how the government took away one of his homes and he was like, whatever, you know, God's going to go ahead and replace, you know, um, with a different thing. And, and he just had like, um, you know, he just had the, the, the most joy, um, I mean, just peaceful joy on his face, um, and all that. So, <clears throat> so tonight, uh, what I want to encourage you in is a couple of things. Number one, um, I want you to consider what it is that you fear. And, you know, a lot of people fear being vulnerable. They, they fear love. They fear attachment. They, they fear being real um, with people, you know, and, and you have to be, you know, I'm probably one of the, you know, depending on who you ask, I'm, I'm, I'm a velveteen rabbit people. I'm just as real as you can get. Um, some people can't handle it. Some people don't know what to do with it. And it's because you're fake. You're not real yet. You haven't, you haven't gotten to the point where you've let people close enough to you where you can get your whiskers rubbed off. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go get the book, the velveteen rabbit <clears throat> and just read it. Um, 
But here's the thing. When you love, you're going to hurt, right? You're going to hurt. And you know, this, this year has been really hard for me in many ways because, <clears throat> you know, I've had five people in my life die this year, you know? And, and there were five people that I loved all in different ways, but who impacted me in different ways. And, you know, you're going to get your heart broken if you love people and they impact you. Like, like one of the, the people that died this year that I absolutely loved uh, was my friend Karen Spawn. Karen was only 55. She died in February of lung cancer. She was not a smoker. Um, and she was my very first counseling client when I was first a therapist. I didn't even like her when I met her. I thought this woman was a mess. She was bleh, you know. <laughs> she brought in her two children to see me because she's gone through a messy divorce. And, um, and she was somebody who I believed at the time was really stuck. She was kind of mandated to see me. So it was like, eh, you know. But what happened was after, after seeing her and her family for about a decade, um, you know, obviously I grew to love this woman. And then after I stopped being a therapist, her and I connected. And, um, and then I actually recently was able to connect with her daughter who is now in her, uh, who is 29 now. You know, and I knew her kid when she was like just barely a teenager, like 12, 13, you know. And anyway, so I was thinking about Karen and I remember when she came in to a session one night and she was talking about um, joining Mary Kay and why that was important to her. And, and I was like, whatever, you know, <laughs> go ahead. You know, she was a single mom, right? She was a single mom of two kids. She was trying to make ends meet, but she was doing something for herself. And I didn't get it, to be honest. I wasn't even there. I was, I had just lost my mother to death the same time this woman comes in and starts being my client, irritating me, you know, and she did, man. I, Randall could tell you, I would come home from being, doing therapy. And I'd be like, ah, I hate this therapy is this client is irritating me and, and, but you know what? I grew to love her and I grew to really admire her because after, you know, some time out of therapy and we, we actually became friends, I found out that not only did Karen, um, join Mary Kay and made something of herself, built herself a little business there, but she also joined Toastmasters as well. And I don't know if any of you have ever been in Toastmasters. I haven't, but I know people in it. And, you know, she worked her way in Toastmasters all the way up to the very top level of Toastmasters. And right before she died, she achieved that top level. And, and you know, her whole church and her family were, like, surrounding her and applauding her that she became the master, master Toastmaster, however that is. But, you know, the other thing that Karen did that I did not know at the time she, for years, taught Awana at her church, which she was a faithful member at for well over 25 years. And the children loved her because she was somebody there who was there teaching Awana. And she was somebody who, who uh, did that. But I didn't know any of this at the time, right? I didn't know any of this. All I saw was this one little part of who she was. And so, you know, tonight when I went back to Awana and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm looking there and all I could do is think about Karen and thinking about, you know, how she ended up with lung cancer. 
her daughter told me that they diagnosed her with lung cancer and it was caused by smog. That's what they said. Um, she lives in Southern California or she did. And I don't, I actually don't know if that's even possible, but you know, out of the blue, she was down with cancer for like a year and a half and then dead, you know, at 55. Um, but you know what? I loved her. I loved her. I love her daughter and I love her son that are now left behind. And the irony of it all for me is that her daughter is close to the age I was when my mom died 17 years ago, you know, and now I get to see, and, and her daughter is also got a younger brother like I do. And so now her daughter is going through this grieving process of what it's like to lose a mother. And it's like 17 years later, I can walk alongside her daughter as a friend now and go, you know what, kid, I get it. You know, I'm the age of your mom almost. Her, her mom was a little bit older than me. But still, you know, I can be here. I can be your mom. I can still love you and nurture you and, and help you through this because I dared greatly to love her, you know. Um, but is there anxiety in that? Yeah, there is. Because when you're vulnerable and you open yourself up, of course, you're going to get hurt by people. But you're never going to grow unless you do. So, uh, so that's my part of the show. That's all I want to say. Cause Bareface uh, delivered God's word this morning. And of course, Randall, I know that, um, did you ever meet Karen besides video? I don't know. I don't think you did. Um, no, cause in the time that we were in the same vicinity, you know, was the, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, therapist client privilege thing going on. And so anyway, so, so do you want to share how, you know, how this morning impacted you and then what you shared from God's word? Um, sure. How it impacted me is just, uh, it was impactful. Sh showing up, you know, when, when you're obedient to do, uh, you know, that which you've committed to do, it's good. It's good for your soul to do that. <laughs> and especially when it's something you've committed to the Lord to do, you know, for his work. And you just show up and and do those things that you're supposed to do, then again, it's good for it's good for your soul. It's good for your spirit. And and just to depend on him. You know, I, this is only the second time I've done this. I know, but go, it's been great both times, hasn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, go around from truck to truck. And uh a lot of time the curtains are drawn or, you know, something uh, they're sleeping and so yeah, just, I did see that today. I'll just hang a um, door hanger, whatever I can, door handle, mirror, whatever, invitation. Did I tell you that I talked to one truck driver? No. Well, I actually talked to two. I talked to one that had a dog, and he was like, "Yeah, um, talk to that guy." Um, but let me turn the. Doesn't matter what his name. Bearded is. guy. I don't think he had a beard. The guy I'm thinking of, but I talked to another guy. A little little Chihuahua type dog. Yeah. Yeah. He had a beard. Yeah. Oh, okay. We talked for quite a while. Yeah. I did? Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, and then uh, I talked to another guy. I said, hey, dude. He's like, what? And I'm like, I had my dogs with me, and I said, hey, come on into chapel. He's like, I ain't a Christian. I said, so what? Who cares? He's like, well, I need to go take a shower. I said, really? I, you don't want to come <laughs> in to the chapel? He's like, no, that's okay. I go, he goes, he goes, he goes I'm not a Christian. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I should have gave him a lecture, but I didn't. I, 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 <laughs> <Nah>. I, <laughs> no, I, but he'll remember me. 
Okay. But anyway, go on. I'll be quiet now. Oh, don't need to be quiet. But, yeah, so it's always interesting to just, you know, kind of see what the Lord is doing. That's not my conscious thought, but it's like, well, this isn't my gig, you know. <laughs> this isn't just um, to see what happens. Um, I think I ended talking to maybe some very briefly. But, uh, you know, the guy with the dog... It's probably the guy I talked to the longest, second longest, was Ray, who came. Uh, I talked to him for a while. And then that guy, the other guy, one guy was sleeping, the other side was two guys, and then a rented truck. And talked to the guy riding shotgun. And then two others, I think. So, anyway, so. I talked about five anyway, and the one that the Lord wanted came, of course. So. And then that was that was good to hear about um, just his experience and how he had learned some of the things in the scripture that I discussed and and then practicing those things. And I think the thing that struck me though was he was he he was actually exhibiting the lesson that Brene Brown teaches, which is. Well, about about loving and yeah. and all the stuff I just got done saying, yeah. which you tuned out, didn't you? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, all right. But anyway, yeah, about loving and caring and being vulnerable and mm-hmm. and right. having joy. Yeah. So yeah, we seem to have joy mm-hmm. and enjoy. Not like he was, you know, came with party streamers or anything, <laughs> but. Joy in the in the biblical sense and the, the counted all joy, brethren. Yeah, he he talked to us about how he was a refugee from El Salvador, mm-hmm. and how all his family now are citizens, which was super cool. But he's still a refugee after all these years. Um, and he was talking about um, uh, how he learned the language, mm-hmm. and this really impressed me. He was talking about how you know he would listen to music. Yeah. And, and he would just learn the language that way and then later go look it up. And he actually had a headset on when he first came in. It was really kind right. of a, it was a really nice headset, actually. Bluetooth headset. Yeah, and he was he was saying that he was learning, he was listening to Japanese because now he knows Japanese. And I've been like, this guy's from El Salvador. And he learned English on his own. Probably He knew Spanish. Um, of course, this is. He was learning Japanese. Native language. And um, to look at the guy, you wouldn't think that, you know, he was, however many languages he knows but it was i was impressed oh anyway go on so yeah good time um i think the the spiritual encouragement was mutual all three of us Mm -hmm. it was and so uh because i'm because a couple of uh, probably friday night it had come up the infamous Philippians 4.13, which is so often taken out of context. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. And yeah, you I can. can put yourself completely on the screen, too. I don't need to be on before right. I'm going to be talking. <laughs> no, I mean, really. You just, you just can't share the stage with me, huh? No, I don't want to. I don't want to, yeah. like, sit here and not say anything. Well, you can say anything at any time. Like you. Okay. I'll be quiet then.
so. I could turn and, your mic down, you know. I know. I can, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have you on the screen. Okay, I'll stay. But if you, if you don't want to be, then. I'll stay for a while. Yeah. Long Remember the days gone by? I've seen your smile. And then I close my eyes. I remember. I remember. Got a in there. All right. <laughs> so, you know, I was I was meditating on that verse because it's a pet peeve of mine. Not the verse, but it's taken out of context. You know, to talk about achieving sales goals or some athletic goal. I can do all things through Christ. All right, by the well, way, Kim is now over on YouTube. Jeff is over there, and so is Barb. Cool. Yeah. Barb says, I would fear, I would say I fear living sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's not good. And Kim says she's, she uh, has not gone to Toastmasters, but she's thought about it. I actually thought about it too. I think I'm going to go. I just got to figure out when. <clears throat> okay. All right. How so, did I get on the screen? Because you get, were talking about what the well, comments I was were. Well, what our listeners. Right. And so. Or viewers or whatever you want to call them. Right, those so, people out there yeah. who love us enough to tune in to whatever we do. Yeah. Anyway. So. Anyway, just thinking about that verse, taken out of context, how people want to make it to say that they can accomplish certain things because of Christ who strengthens them or because of him who strengthens me, depending on what your Greek text you're working from. Um, but the idea is we know who the him is. Um, but it's not, while that may be true, may the Lord, while the Lord may enable you to do things that you would not normally do, accomplish things, that's not your proof text because that's not what the verse is about. So what is the verse about? Um, you know, sometimes, um, Chapter divisions in the scripture kind of break a thought and kind of do a disservice. It helps us to find places in scripture where things are, or that's in chapter whatever that talks about. But they weren't written that way. You know, the, the books of the Bible weren't written that way. They were a continuous kind of a thought progression. And, and similar here, even the verse breakdown makes us think in verses, but... Um, Gosh, I wish I had like J.B. Phillips translation or something I could bring up where it, where it doesn't, it's not, doesn't have the chapter and verse um, divisions. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at the scripture here. We look at Philippians chapter 4, and I picked the New King, King James Version just because that's what was in the truck stop chapel there. And so just for, you know, full effect, bring that in. Therefore, and we can tell that there's uh, this thought that's broken because Paul says, therefore. And, you know, what's the therefore, therefore? We have to go back to what we call chapter 3 and why he's saying these things. But he says, therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, uh, my joy and my crown, so stand fast, Lord. Beloved, he says, I implore you, Odia, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. 
And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Well, it doesn't give us explicit things that are going on here. You know, kind of the implication is to implore Yodi and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord tells me that they were not in the same mind in the Lord. And so these two women, for whatever reason, were at odds. Like, that never happens in real life, especially in the church. I'm being facetious, of course. But, um, you know, whatever circumstances were going on, and he's encouraging them to be this, you know, imploring them uh, to be the same mind. Anyway, he says, Rejoice, Lord, always. And again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Of course, the Lord is always at hand. He's omnipresent. Uh, but I believe the sense here is that the Lord's return is close at hand. And so, you know, get your priorities right. Um, there are things that we could be distracted by and upset by, but keep things in perspective. The Lord is at hand. The return of the Lord is hand, at hand. And so, you know, with that in mind, uh, the circumstances we find ourselves in need to be set in their proper perspective uh, the temporary things paul talks elsewhere about the um these these you know the temporary trials that we go through these temporary afflictions um and this is a man who endured quite a bit of hardship and he considers them talks about light inflictions and temporary troubles that they have so, in perspective, knowing that the Lord return of the Lord is at hand, you know, put these things in perspective, these temporary things of this life. And with that, with in mind that the Lord is at hand, his return is at hand, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this this these things here very important well i can't have myself i don't have the shot here with myself and the scripture on the screen so let's just go back to the scripture and you'll just get the voice over okay be anxious for what for nothing there's nothing that we should be anxious about and i love the scripture whenever we're given a, a negative command don't do this it doesn't just stop there. We're told what to do instead. And same with the Old Testament, the 613 commandments. There's the the alternative thing to do, what the right thing to do is. Here's the wrong thing, here's the right thing. You know, I said before you, life and death, you know, choose life. Um, and so, be anxious for nothing. But, here's the alternative, the thing to do instead. In everything, and I love the contrast there, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So by prayer. Um, prayer is simply talking to God. 
and supplication, as in to supply, is asking God, talking to God, and asking him for a supply of whatever it is. Supply of courage, supply of money, a supply of whatever it is uh, that you need at that time with the circumstance that you're going through. Uh, favor with someone or, you know, whatever it might be. You know those things that you're anxious about and what is it you need uh, you feel that anxiety coming, what do you need in this situation? Ask God to supply that supplication. But here's the important part. With thanksgiving, uh, you know, in in the church, we're big about praying, praying about it. Let me pray about it. You know, pray. Did you pray about it? Did you pray about it? Well, that's, you know, and I'm not getting the answer I want, but or I'm not getting an answer at all. Well, you know, it's prayer is good, supplication is good, but it's important that it be with thanksgiving. I believe it's Psalm 100 that talks about entering his courts with thanksgiving, or his gates of thanksgiving into his courts with praise. That in our relationship with God, as we move towards God, there ought to be thanksgiving, not just coming up with our shopping list. And earlier, I was trying to find this song back from the 80s by Morgan Cryer, C-R-Y-A-R. Had this song, but I couldn't find a reference on the web. And I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, I could be wrong, since I couldn't find it. If Google couldn't find it, maybe I'm wrong about the artist. But whoever it was, I had this song. Um, I don't know what the title of it was, is, but I'll call it Never Ending Shopping List. Because the refrain of it went something like, Give me this, I want that, bless me, Lord, I pray. Give me what I think I need to make it through the day. Um, and that, uh, you know, we'll come to God with this never-ending shopping list. This is, give me this, give me that, you know, I want that. Bless me, Lord, I pray. Without ever a word of thanksgiving. Uh, coming into his his courts, his gates for Thanksgiving. Um, there was a uh, an older man since gone to be with the Lord, uh, fellow Gideon, and he began every prayer. It was you know it was kind of formulaic, but I I know the man. It was sincere. Uh, he'd always when we had our prayer meetings on Saturday morning. He would say. Lord, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving. And that's the way we would start. And that's the way we ought to come before the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Maybe we don't we maybe we don't have what we need right now for this or you know, upcoming situation, the circumstance that we're in, but we have a lot to be thankful for right, you know, right as we are. Um and God has blessed us in so many ways. If um, Stace is waving at me, and she wants to, yeah. I think we should take a break. Yeah. Well, it's quarter to nine. All we're ready. All right. Well, we can uh, take a just break. So you know, we have to thank our sponsors. People. We do. We should. Yeah, we do. So, uh, we'll get do right, it. We'll get right back. <laughs> First of all, I want to say Kim Wendy said, P.S. Randall does amazing video work. If you know of someone who needs some high-level video work done, contact Randall. Oh, thank you, Kim. So I want to just let everybody know, look, you know, we're we're in a financial struggle, dude. We are. 
I'm not gonna lie about it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and dudettes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been blessed with a couple hundred dollars given to us a couple like a couple of days ago, which was super. We you get know groceries who you are. now. Yeah. Thank you. So we're we're happy about that. Uh thank you. <laughs> Um, but look, you know, we need, we need you guys to be praying that Randall's business doing video would be able to produce some, you know, results. Cause like we've been in this dry spell for a while. Consistent results. There's yeah. been some pretty good months and there's been months of. Yeah. Well, there's zoom. been more months of like that than. <laughs> pretty good months okay mm -hmm. so but anyway so just pray for that so chapelhillmedia.com is the place to go and i can tell you randall is gifted he's very gifted and talented and so uh jennifer you know she just said here i can attest to the amazing video work dr ikena finch can attest to it as well um and you know anybody out there who knows anything about how to create a video randall can take hours of video and, and distill it down to a couple minutes which would drive me crazy i would want to kill myself because i'd be like ah i can't do it uh, but he he's not only an editor but he you know he he does the storyboard on it he he just does everything go to chapelhillmedia.com chapelhillmedia.com go there check out the videos randall has done and then hire him or find people to hire him <laughs> We need scouts like you uh, to do that. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is Ariel Ministries, obviously. You guys know Ariel has been a big, huge sponsor of ours. Uh, without Ariel, really, honestly, you guys, we, I don't know how we would pay some of our bills without the money that they give us. So please support Ariel by going to ariel.org and use that coupon code Bible News. This is the only place they give a discount, by the way. And their stuff is good. I mean, it's top-notch stuff. There's there's ton of stuff out there. If you guys need recommendations for resources, get in touch with us. We can tell you the stuff that we love. Um, but everything there is good. I mean, it's biblically sound, which is a lot, I mean, compared to most of the garbage out there and passing as Christianity today. You're not going to get... I don't think you'll get anything more biblically sound. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum has taught at Schaefer Theological Seminary, um, and he speaks literally all over the world. And he's usually booked a couple years in advance for his speaking and teaching. So, I mean, he's, he's in high demand. He's in his mid-70s now. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's slowing down some. But, you know, his work is being, it's going to be there. It's going to be in book form. Uh, they have produced DVDs uh, that are easy to watch. Um, lots of books. We knew them. We got involved with the ministry when it was cassettes, which tells you how long ago that was. It was a long time ago. Uh, third thing, if you want to donate to Bible News Radio, I guess the place to go is what? Our website, BibleNewsRadio.com or GiveSendGo.com forward slash Bible News Radio. You can also give over there. Denise gives over there. Um, yeah, anything you guys want to donate, we'll take it. Gladly, <laughs> you know, give as God leads you to give. Um, and then, of course, Legal Shield, you know, Ladies of Justice is my other ministry. And Ladies of Justice uh, has changed my life. It is a great, it's a great company. Um, and I have to tell you, you know, if you're looking for a part-time job, you know, that you can make part-time income and build a legacy, this is a co good company to do it with. Uh, you know, we offer small business supplements. 
we offer home business supplements with uh, the actual um, membership, a Legal Shield membership. We offer two brands of identity theft protection, one bureau plan and a three bureau plan. And the only difference is a $5, uh, $5 cost uh, on that. Um, so we offer a lot of stuff. Uh, I was talking to somebody today um, who um, has the membership and I was telling her, I said, do you realize that you get five hours of trial defense uh, with your, your, your membership? You get five hours a month for every month that you have your membership. Uh, you get five hours paid of trial defense. So what that means is, let's say the average uh, attorney costs $300. Uh, I know in California, it's like 400 bucks, but let's say $300. So 300 times five is $1,500. And every month that you're paying out $25, you're getting $1,500 in trial defense. Now, how can that help you out as a person or a business person even? Well, how it helps you out is that in the event somebody sues you and you end up going to trial, guess what? You can, your attorney can say to that guy's attorney, you know, my client has $250, uh, 250 hours already paid up with me. Are you sure you want to do this? And I, cause this actually happened with, with our, our sister, Vicki Fitch. Vicki actually had that situation happen where, um, somebody was going to sue her. I, I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And the legal shield attorney for Parker Stanberry, which is in California, went to the suing attorney and said, my client has 300 hours already of trial defense already paid up. Are you sure you want to do this? And they settled, I think. So the, the other, the, the sewer backed down because like, you know, multiply 300 times 300. What do you got? <laughs> a lot of money, right? What is that? 300 by 300, three times three is nine, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And, and four zeros after that. Mm -hmm. So is that, so, so four thousand, nine thousand $9,000, $90,000. Okay. So $90,000 is what? Vicky's attorney had already been paid, basically included in her $25 membership. So do you think that the other person suing them had $90,000 to pay their attorney? Probably not. Most people don't. But anyway, so there's a lot that you're getting with your membership, especially those of you who ha are the member. The more you have it, the longer you have it, the more you're getting. Um, and... Um, you know, I have people who bought this membership just for the IRS audit protection. You know, you get 60 hours a year of, of IRS audit assistance. In the event that somebody audits you, you know, you get a one-hour consult with a tax attorney in your state. And if it turns out that they have to go to court on your behalf, that's another 46 and a half hours, I think it is, that they will go and they'll invest in you. It's included in your membership for Legal Shield. So... So anyway, I say all that. If you don't have the the, 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 the membership yet, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be bold about this and say, sign up with me. You know why? Because this month, Legal Shield Ladies of Justice decided to do again this month what they did last month, which is actually um, help us give back to our favorite charity. You know, so if I sign up enough people this month, I can get more entries into this thing so I can win a $250 gift card for my favorite charity. Um, and which, and, and, or 
if you even let me do a meeting with you, I can actually add that up and I can accumulate those meetings and also get entries into in that so I can give back to, to my ministry that I that I want to give back to in this regard. Um, so there's that. Plus, it's a great it's just a great service to have. You should you should all have it. So just get in touch with me directly and, and Randall. Um, you can add anything else you'd like unless I forgot something. Um, back to you, Bareface. Uh, it's just really good. I mean, it's it's insurance, but with a great, great value. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of you folks have medical insurance or health insurance, which allows you to go and pay you know your ten dollar office visit, or maybe it's twenty dollars, or I don't know. And then if you go and have surgery or something, there's a hospital stay. It's it's a fraction of what you would pay. Right. Why? Because it's it's a subscriber service. There are thousands of people paying in at the same time, and the payout is is less than what the you know the revenue stream is. The income far exceeds um, what is paid out. Usually, if it's if it works well, and and that's what's happening with the same with Legal Shield, uh, Harlan Stone Cipher brilliant man so there's insurance for this for the car for health everything why don't we do this with legal services and so just that that subscriber model applied to legal services so competent you know top-notch law firms um and and they're that because legal shield brings to them this potential revenue stream so they're not gonna pick you know um fake attorneys <laughs> they can go after the best of the best and say hey you know do you want to be on our payroll basically and so yeah and you know don't i mean i was telling somebody today they were thinking about canceling it and i said you know you already have ten thousand five hundred dollars invested in your trial defense do you really want yeah. to give that up for 25 bucks i mean i wouldn't not in today's litigious society i certainly wouldn't you never know who's going to come after you but anyway, go. Anyway, so you guys know how to get in touch. I hope you do. All right, Bearface, back to you. All right, back to me. All right, so where we were in Philippians chapter 4, this whole um, notion of thanksgiving that, yes, come to God in prayer. Yes, ask for what you need, supplication. But with thanksgiving, so important. That's the big part of this formula. James chapter 4 says, you know, you have not because you ask not and you ask and you but you ask amiss that you might re- spend these things on your own lusts. You know, it's, it's all about you you you. And we need to you know come into his uh gate enter his gates with thanksgiving his course of praise. Okay, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, notice that it's not necessarily changing the external circumstances, not changing the situation in. It's guarding your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's important because we're talking about being anxious. Being anxious doesn't change your circumstances either. Makes them worse because now you're stressing out about them. But be anxious for nothing, 
prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Why does it surpass all understanding? Don't we know that God is good? Don't we know that he gives good gifts to his children? That we read in the Gospels, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, if your child asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Of course not. And if you, being evil, know how to know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven? So why should it surpass all understanding that God would grant peace when we pray with thanksgiving? Well, it surpasses all understanding because from the outside, people will look and say, "Well, this is falling apart of this situation, or I'd be all stressed out, or I couldn't sleep." How how can you be at peace uh, in this? You know, how, why are you so calm? And I think of the Lord himself as he was crossing the Sea of Galilee uh, with the disciples one time and a storm comes up and he's asleep in the back of the boat. And what do they say about that? They say, oh, isn't that nice that he's got this peace that he's able. <laughs> he said, no. They said, don't you care that we're perishing? I mean, doesn't it fade you that we're about to die here? This is this this storm will claim our lives. How can you be sleeping? They didn't understand the peace that our Lord Himself had uh, in the situation because His peace wasn't uh, determined by external circumstances. It wasn't His peace was not determined by His situation. Um, his peace was internal, as ours can be, as you know, having the peace of God, the same peace that the God-man had, peace of God, we can have that, which surpasses all understanding, by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. And that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love when Paul does this. He uses Christ Jesus. Um, Christ is who he is as um, as in his power, Christ, Christos, you know, Messiah, Mashiach, he is the anointed one. He is the the prophesied one, the chosen one, uh, from, you know, through whom uh, salvation would come. And Jesus, Yeshua, which means God is salvation or God saves. Uh, this is the Messiah and through whom God saves. Uh, that's how we'll have this peace. Not, it's not just a f magic formula, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Um, we'll have peace of God to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Because if we're, in, that's how we have, we can be at peace with God because of Christ Jesus. Otherwise, we're uh, dead in our sins, separated from Him, and there's nothing we can do to to measure up to God's holiness. But because of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, who lived the life that we could not live, died the death that we deserve, and rose again, proving that he has power over sin and death, and reconciles us to God. We have peace with God through Christ Jesus. So as we have this entrance to God that we're able to come to him, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we can have the peace of God through Christ Jesus. And then there's a, a finally here, 
Paul's starting to wind this down, this epistle, this letter to the Philippian church. And he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. Uh, Paul had learned to do this, as we'll see in the next couple verses here. Uh, wrap this up, as Paul was doing with the letter. In addition, to, as, as a way, the antidote to being anxious, being anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, you know, with thanksgiving, having this peace with God, take a check on where your mind is at, where you meditate, the things that you dwell on in your mind. You know, are they true things? Are they noble things? Are they just? You know, are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they of good report? Is Are they virtuous? Are they praiseworthy things? That's the things we're to meditate. If we meditate on the things that are false, the lies that come, from this world, we're talking, uh, if we're meditating things that are ignoble about the idiots that people are and the, and the lawless things they do, the things that are unjust or unjust, you know, injustices being done, and if we meditate on things that are impure, need I say any more? <laughs> we looked at that, how God is, takes a beating on television plenty of impure things in the entertainment wasteland. If we, if we meditate on the things that are unlovely, the things are of, of a bad report, things that don't have any virtue to them, and they aren't praiseworthy, but they're shameworthy, meditate on those things for a while and see how you feel. Um, not good. Of course you can. You know, that was one of the things that our trucker guy oh. actually talked about. He talked about how he, di he didn't watch news. Mm -hmm. He said he hasn't watched TV in years, um, which I believe because, you know, we haven't either, really. I mean, oh. if you consider what we watch TV, TV. <laughs> um, but, you know. Certainly not the news. When we were talking about um, uh, suicide earlier this weekend, um, and you know what, in the suicide rates, right? You know, one of the, the tentacles of the debate that happened on my Facebook page, uh, was whether or not you can change, you know, your depression or not. And you can, you can completely change being depressed by what you think on, mm -hmm. you know, you can rewire your brain. The, the whole idea of neuro, the neuroplasticity of your brain um, it's crazy. I mean, first of all, scientists don't even really know that much about your brain. Um, it's, you know, I mean, it looks like a sponge, you know, it's this mushy, weird looking thing. Um, and I, I would like an atheist to explain the brain to me if they can't explain anything else. But the very fact in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two says to offer up your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship, uh, and something to that effect. But then it says, don't be conformed to the world, 
to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed, it actually in the Greek means to be continually transformed. How are you continually transformed? Day by day, minute by minute, by actually doing what God says in, in his word right there in Philippians, which is to meditate on these things. In Psalm 1, it talks about meditate on these things, both day and night. When you do that, you'll be like a tree firmly planted by water, right? You know, you'll be lush. You'll be always you'll always have the, you know, the green, you'll always be, be, be prospering because it says in whatever he does, he will prosper. <clears throat> but if you're meditating on crap, you know, that old adage, garbage in, garbage out, you know, mm -hmm. if you're going to put garbage in, then, you know, it is what it is. So anyway. Yeah. And there in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the conform, <laughs> the word for conform speaks about uh, being shaped by external forces. Um, you know, like a mold being put. Don't be conformed to right. this world. Don't let the external circumstances and the culture, what's outside of you, shape you basically, but be transformed. And that that's uh, where we get our English word metamorphosis. It's almost really a transliteration of the Greek, a, a change in yeah. shape. It, it's an inward thing. You know, it's interesting too because Randall often gets people but one of the biggest compliments Randall gets is that he's calm. Mm -hmm. He's like a calming presence. Mm -hmm. He has me as a wife, okay? <laughs> so, you know, we say opposites attract. <laughs> um, it really is true. And this morning as you were teaching this, one of the things that, you know, I think I said was, wow, you know, this is really, anxiety is all about your attitude, you know, and when you gave the example of Christ in the boat, you yeah. know, and all those external things, yeah. he's just like snoozing away, whatever, everybody else is freaking out. Um, it's because the Lord had, you know, his confidence where it needed to be. And, and he had that calmness. And, you know, it's interesting because as believers, the older that you get in the faith, hopefully, you know, the more at peace you are because, you know, God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He always provides for us. He always comes through, you know, and that's why I had the thought the other night about don't you, when you want to, when you meet the Lord face to face, you know, when he calls you home in his perfect timing and he, wouldn't it be neat if he said to you, thank you so much for loving me and trusting me when you were going through this, thank you for trusting me. You know, that's kind of my perspective is like, like, you know, he says, he tells us to trust him, trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path, you know, and I think God rejoices when we trust him, you know, just like you, hopefully as a parent, you know, trust you. There was a, a really cute viral video on, I think it was Instagram. It was a puppy that there was this girl that, that was, there was this little bulldog pup, puppy on a, on a couch and the girl was calling the little puppy into, to jump into, you know, her hands. And, and it was the cutest thing because first the dog mimicked back her squeals, you know, and she was squealing back to his. And then he went ahead and leapt right there. Leap she, of faith. Uh-huh, yeah. And she caught him, you know. And, but that's, that's what our relationship with God is like. You know, he's like, just trust me. You can do it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I think that's confident people have that. Calm people have that. 
Uh, anxious people don't have that. Anxious people worry about everything. And I've been there. I'm a recovering anxiety addict, just so you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, just finish this up here. Yeah, I'll be quiet now. You know, Paul said, uh, you know, things you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Well, we get an example of that demonstration that he's learned everything that he's preaching. He practiced what he preaches. Because in verse 10, he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So he had received a, a love gift from them. You know, he saw some support from them. And he says, you know, flourished again. They had apparently given the past. They hadn't given him in a while. And then, then they gave again. And he says, you know, last your care is flourish again. Though you surely did care. He, says, he said, you know, not that, not that you stopped caring. He says, but you lacked opportunity. And he says, you know, I'm not saying this to say, wow, you know, we really came through when I really needed it. and um, Because it's not, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Whatever state I am going to be, whether it's the storm on the sea, whether it's these, you know, two ladies that were odds in the flipping church, whatever it was. His his peace was not determined by external circumstances. Whatever study him to be content. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned to be both full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now the famous verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this word, I can do um, um, as the Greek, uh, the verb uh, is iskuo, and I was trying to remember, yeah, I was, I was trying to remember, not isometric exercise, but there's some other that has an isk kind of, but I can't remember it. Anyway, but it's all about School is about receiving strength or being strengthened or being uh, fortified. It's not this accomplishment thing, you know, reaching sales goals. I can do all things. It's about I, basically I receive strength. I am strengthened through Christ who strengthens me. And again, it's independent of external circumstances that I can, you know, I've learned to be both full and hungry to, to both to abound and suffer need uh, because again my contentment my peace uh, is not determined by external circumstances um, you know this too shall pass we say you know is it fun to be hungry no it's good to be full yeah but but if we're at if our if our peace, our joy is dependent upon circumstances, then we're gonna be, you know, unstable in all our ways because circumstances change all the time. There's good moments, there's bad moments, there's good things that happen, there's unpleasant things that happen. 
And if we're going to take the ride, emotional ride, you know, I'm anxious now. You'd be anxious constantly because things are changing. Constant change is here to stay. Uh, and so that, that would be anxiety producing enough just that things are changing for better, for worse. For richer, for poorer, for sickness and health, you know, if if just the thought that things change would be anxiety producing if if our focus is on the circumstances themselves and looking to find peace, you know, in whatever is happening at the moment, being dependent upon that, and that's so. So there's a couple of questions. Here. Yeah. Have you seen them? No, I've not. Okay, so Rob is I in I only here. have two screens. All right, so Rob is in here, and he says, I'm still dealing with anxiety. And then Quan Pepper, number two. I don't know if you're still in there, Quan Pepper. Oh, I only see YouTube. What? I've only got YouTube comments, YouTube and Mixer. Okay, I'm in Periscope. So what do you, how do you, okay, what's the specific question? I can help. Bareface can help too, but my, my She's the one with the Masters of Science in Clinical Psychology. Yeah, that aside. And years of... <laughs> I'm the one that's dealt with it and overcome yeah. it myself. Mm. Um, I, can con I can confidently say I've overcome my anxiety issues. I mean, you know, occasionally I have a little bit, but mm. not like it was, man. Mm. I actually traveled to California all by myself. Oh. Yeah, I did. All by myself. So yeah. So if you uh, if you, you know, so I guess you're, if you gotta give us a specific, you know, like what is your issue? What is your specific anxiety over? That would help. You know. I always think the worst outcome, especially medical issues. Okay. Well, okay. So, so health anxiety is probably your issue right? Which is common, by the way. Um, okay, so the first thing is, I first let me ask you this. Are you the type of person that when you're struggling with a health, health anxiety issue, that you actually go to the doctor over it constantly? Or is it just like you worry about stuff? Because that will tell me a little bit more. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Randall's sitting on a butt that hurts. <laughs> it's my own. Just so you know. I'm sorry. It's I couldn't resist. I Google and I think the worst. Okay, so. Catastrophic kind of. Yeah, okay, thing. so you're normal. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. I my side hurts, it must be. Right, and I do the same thing, Rob. Stage three I. I I do the same thing. What was it recently that I was struggling with? Do you remember, Randall? I don't know. And I tell her, if, if it's still there a month from now, go have it checked out, you know? I'm trying to remember what it was. If it's chronic, you know. I forgot what it was. I can't even remember. But I'm more of a two years. If it doesn't go away in a couple of years, then... Right. So, uh, um, all right. So, what I would recommend, honestly is don't google it okay um i would say like hold back hold back from google 
Um, which which I know is hard. Or, um, what was, I'm trying to think what it was that I was like, you know. Okay, well, I'll just give you another example. I can't think of the one I was thinking of, but... I had ringing in my ears one after one broadcast. I was listening. I had the earbud in my ear and it buzzed and it rang and it drove me nuts. And I was freaking out. I was like, dang, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> and so I, um, I told Randall, I said, I can't do this anymore. I stopped using headset because I was like, ah, I can't deal with this. I'm dying. <laughs> And so I looked up ringing in the ears on the internet. Of course. Well, what does that mean? You know? Um, and basically it said that it was, it could be, it's called tendinitis or whatever. It's basically connected to your sinuses and tinnitus or yeah, in your tinnitus. Ears, right. And it was funny because the cure for it, you'll find this funny. There is no cure for it, but the cure that all the people, you know, we're giving for it was cognitive behavioral therapy. So, so in order to assess your problem, yeah, see, so, so in order to assess your problem, first thing you got to do is you got to think about what is it, you know, and here's actually the number one cure for anxiety, aside from God's word, what it says, number one cure for anxiety is distraction. It really, truly is. If you can distract yourself from the thought that is bothering you, that's creating the anxiety, then you can overcome your anxiety. Um, one of my big fears is long car rides. I don't like it. I get highly anxious over it. I still struggle with it a little bit, but I've gotten a lot better at it. But, you know, I'll, and you probably didn't know me back when I moved here, but um, my anxiety about um, driving from California to here was huge. And so I started to think, okay, how do I do this? How am I going to get the obsessive thought of, okay, what if I have a, an issue with the bathroom? You know, I'm in the middle of somewhere in the middle of nowhere traveling across America because I don't know where all the bathrooms are. Well, my friend Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Fee, who I absolutely love and adore, one of my best friends in the world, probably the best friend I have, she actually... Um, is, her specialty is anxiety disorder. So what, what a good, you know, good friend to have that, you know? So, so she did a couple of things for me. She, number one, uh, gave me a list of like a hundred things to look for. And literally I had that sheet with me. And when I was feeling anxious, I'd go, okay, I'm going to look for whatever, however many dead possums I can find on the road, whatever it was, anything to distract my mind from the thought that was harassing me. So that was one thing. The other thing Jennifer suggested was actually a camping toilet, okay? Now, that might sound stupid, but they make camping toilets that are like a hundred bucks. And I told Randall, I said, you know, I'm going to buy one. True story. <laughs> and he's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, really? I said, you know, it's a camping toilet. It's small. I could put it in the trunk. And, you know, as we're driving across America, if in this in the unlikely event that I need to go to the bathroom, guess what? I have a camping toilet in my trunk. I can use it. And you know what, Rob? I can honestly tell you that just knowing that that was there, my anxiety disappeared. It was gone. It was like, okay, I solved my own problem by discovering the solution to my problem. Um, you know, 
but distraction is a big thing. All right, let's see. What was the other one that uh, the other guy said? He said, my problem is that I'm unable to express myself at school and end up staying quiet, probably fear of failure. Well, of course, my question to you would be, what do you remember the first time that that happened to you? I mean, are you are you naturally shy? Uh, are you an introvert? Is that something that is... Um, you know, part of your temperament or did something actually happen to you that created that fear in you? Because if that's the case, then, then you have to go back and address that issue and that will help you to overcome the other issue, which, I mean, that's a simple answer, but, um, you know, uh, nope, I guess I'm just naturally shy. Okay. So then, okay, so then addressing the issue of fear of failure. So then the question I would have would be, okay, let's say for sake of argument, you did fail. What is the absolute worst thing that could happen to you as a result of failure? Right? First of all, I wouldn't even say that failure is, it really exists. And yes, I know in school you get failed. But if you can reframe that thinking to, you know what, hey, I tried. You know what, I tried and this was the outcome. Maybe I didn't live up to that quote standard, but it doesn't mean I'm a failure. I actually tried it. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I had, when I was in school, college, it took me 13 years to get through college because uh, of my own stress and anxiety issues and dealing with stuff. And I had a geography class at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. I can't remember why, but it was an ungodly early hour. You remember what time that was? I don't, I think it was seven. But anyway, I had a geography class and I, I actually enjoyed, I mean, I wanted to enjoy geography, but I got a D in that course. I got a big fat D in my geography class. <laughs> and you know what? It killed my GPA all through my undergrad. It just like poof, killed it, you know? <laughs> It was awful, but you know what? Who cares? I ended up getting, I ended up going to graduate school anyway, and I graduated with practically a 4.0 in grad school. You know, I think it was like, I mean, I was in the top of my class in grad school. I, I graduated salutatorian, I think, which is like second or something in your class in grad school. Okay. So just because you might quote fail something doesn't mean you're a failure. Um, I think people are quote failures, if you will, if they actually don't try, I think trying is more important than quote failing. And frankly, grades don't really matter a whole lot. I, I mean, the, the standard by which people are graded is usually they're not graded on character. They're graded on a stupid system that has really nothing to do with reality in the real world in the first place. Um, so I don't know. Is that helpful? You want to add anything? Yeah, I do. Okay. You know, when it comes to the formula given for us in the scripture about, you know, having that peace that surpasses understanding, uh, what you want is that peace when you go to express yourself in class. You don't want the anxiety. And so, well, how do you get that? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And so notice with, you know, by prayer and supplication, asking God for what you need, right. not saying what you don't want. Oh God, don't help me not to be anxious. Help me, <laughs> help me not to stress out about this. Then you're rehearsing 
the, the negative things. God, thank you for the opportunity to have to go to school. Thank you for you know that I've got these ideas that I want to express. And so I asked that I would have opportunity today, that there would be a you know a break in the conversation, and I would recognize the opportunity to speak, and I would be able to uh, put my thoughts together, you know, to express myself in this class. And then instead of, you know, then the next part about whatsoever things are true, lovely, good report, virtuous, instead of, so as you're walking to class, you don't think about, gosh, I hope I don't screw this up, and what if this happens? <laughs> don't play those tapes. You know, you think about yourself, hey, I've got this thing to express, and then I can't wait to get there to, to share these ideas, and I think it's going to help somebody, and it'll, it'll contribute to the discussion. And be thinking about those things. Yeah. Plus, you know what? Here's the truth. Everybody's scared, usually. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sharing stuff. Most people are scared. Um, I had a speaking. You'll find this interesting. When I was in high school, I was required to take a speech class. I absolutely... Not a public speaking class, but a... No, it was, it was a public speaking class okay. in high school. All right. I was required to take it, and I remember the teacher... I didn't like her, and that was unusual because I liked everybody because I always wanted to be a teacher. But that woman scared the crap out of me, and I ended up quitting that class. I dropped out because I couldn't, I couldn't muster the courage I needed at that time to do that class. Um, and, you know, it's funny. God ended up putting me in a career where... <laughs> saying where I end up talking to people all the time you know and now locally I'm out I'm out networking locally every networking group I go to I have to stand up and either speak for a minute or, or 30 seconds to talk about what I do in front of a group of all these people and I'm like really Lord really and this Thursday I'm going to be speaking for 20 minutes in front of a whole group of people you know 20 minutes 20 minutes <laughs> that's a quarter of my show you know 20 minutes will be a no-brainer for legal shield but the um but the point is, is even though you're scared, just do it anyway. Um, I would recommend the book, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. If you haven't never read that book, get it. It would be worth your $20 or 15 bucks, whatever it is, to get that book and then do it. Because that book will save you years of therapy if you actually just do what's in that book. It's literally five, four, three, two, one, go. <laughs> Because what's happening is you you get stuck in a loop that is hindering you from going forward. In fact, one of the assignments she gives in that book is first thing in the morning, get out of bed, and then go and get um, go get um, into the shower and take a cold shower, so that you could get used to being uncomfortable and tolerate being uncomfortable. Because that's what it is. People have issues with being uncomfortable. And the goal is, if you're going to move forward, and this is what I'm teaching my women on my Unstunt Club call, the goal is to, to make your comfort zone larger, you know, to make it larger so that you do more, right? So like for me, one of the things that I did was instead of staying locally to my, my networking group, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to go ahead and 
go out farther now. I don't like long car rides, but I'm going to drive now a half hour to a networking meeting. Even though I can't stand driving that long, I'm going to do it, right? And so now I'm doing that once a week. I'm getting out of my comfort zone, but you know what that's doing? That's getting me more business. I signed up a, a client last week because I got out of my comfort zone. If I didn't, if I didn't go to that meeting, I wouldn't have met that woman and I wouldn't have signed her up for a membership. You know, and my friends are like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> All right, back to some questions here. I'm actually reading a book called How to Be a Sociopath. Well, if <laughs> there's, an, there's a good book called The Sociopath Next Door, which I would recommend. I don't think you need to read about how to be a sociopath. T.Y. is it in audio? I believe the five-second rule is probably in audio because Mel Robbins has got a big marketing thing and it probably is. Do you respond to comments? Yes, I do. Good message. You're done with your exercise? Good. Okay. Uh, they do for the most part when they can. Okay. All right. So I think that's it. Um, yeah, I guess our show is up. It's about two minutes before. Do you want to... Um, uh, Say anything else, Randall? Pandle Bearface? No. You want to tell people why your butt hurts? <laughs> I thought I did that. Did you? Yeah, because we did a show last night. Oh, you did it last You said it last night? I think so. I don't know. But... Did Randall talk about why his butt hurts? Probably. I don't think you did. I think that he did. I don't think you did. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we played pickleball yesterday morning and... Anyway, well, I was playing... Angie doesn't recall, so you probably okay. didn't. <laughs> when I was playing... When I was playing a one-on-one -on -one game, one -on -one. that's a lot of workout, a lot of running around. Um, and then when you're that old too, yeah. Yeah, you are this old. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's really not if you know how to play good like me. Yeah, but but my inferior playing ability, uh, combined with my age, uh, anyway, combined with the <laughs> shoes I've been wearing, which are shoes that are pretty much worn the soles are worn off they're like slick and so the uh yeah, he fell on his butt yeah the court has been the floor recently refinished yeah you know it's got the whatever the varnish on there and it still and these, smells which is bad and these these shoes are just it's just it's just like glue right uh, if i go to you need new shoes if i you know unless i pick my feet up if i go to slide or whatever i, I don't slide <laughs> anybody wants to donate for us to like, get some new shoes that would be good too because we could use them <laughs> anyway so it was one of those that i was stretching uh, you know the left foot picked up to reach over to go get the ball the right foot was supposed to slide but was just stuck to the floor and so i found myself you know greatly unbalanced with my left foot out and then you're not the right only foot one, though. That and fell, so a couple other people fell too so i yeah it hurt so i fell on my backside pretty hard yeah i've fallen before too a couple times and it and it, it hurts definitely hurts when you're like boom but yeah all right well i guess that's it people so thank you for tuning in i hope you uh, got something out of the show um we will not be back until friday yep i think that's it okay yeah yeah it's it's definitely hard on floor <laughs> uh yeah it is all right so you guys have a good week um you know, follow me on Instagram and all that wherever we are and you can follow up with stuff and um and uh remember, be bold. Stand up and go with God, people.
because he loves you very much and he has given you everything you need to move forward in your life. Just trust him and, you know, uh, go ahead and keep in mind, like, when you meet the Lord face to face, you know, if he would say to you, you know, thank you for trusting me. You know, I know how I feel when people trust me. Even though they might not like some stuff I'm doing, they might not understand it. But in the end, I will say thank you for trusting me. So I remember Vicki asked me when I was coaching with her in the beginning, she said, do you trust me? And I said, yeah, I do, actually. And there's a lot of stuff she's done since then. I'm like, I don't get this. But looking back now, I'm like, I'm glad I trusted her. I still do trust her. So anyway... Have a good weekend or a good week and we'll see you, Lord willing, Friday.